you do it. And um, I've lifted the lectern really high because um, possibly too high. <laughs> but James, um, it's also because it keeps going down. So if you fancy buying us a new one, let us know. Um, because James is speaking this morning. James, come on out. Let's, uh, actually, no, don't come out just yet because there's a reading first. Um, I'm so on it this morning. I promise you, Joy is reading from the scriptures for us. So um, do open up your Bibles as Joy comes, and then James will come and preach. The reading is from Acts 2, 42 to 47. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thank you so much, Joy. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, well, to, like Rich has said, sorry, for, for those of you who don't know me, my name's James. I'm uh, one of the team here, one of the people that gets the privilege of serving the, um, uh, on the team here. So uh, welcome. If you're new, hello. Um, it's great to, to meet you, and hopefully we'll have a chance afterwards. Um, as Rich has already explained, today we're continuing this series in our DNA series, which right from week one has been seeking to hold us in this strange uh, tension. I don't know whether you've heard these words before. As we understand um, what we do as a, a church community, therefore our, our, our purpose, you know, what we do, comes from the deeper work of who we are, our identity, as Rich has just said. Um, people called by God to join in with him on the, in the renewal of all things. And we sum up this tension, don't we? You'll be able to say it with me. Uh, we sum up this tension in the principle of the both and Okay, can we say that together? One, two, three. Both and. It's this weird tension, uh, the, this principle of tension that we hold together. So today, we're going to come to this often, not always, prickly place where our identity and our purpose is worked out. As we think about how, as the people of God, here at All Saints, at this time, at this place at this time in history... Just one small expression of God's church here on earth, how we live out both community and formation. Is that okay? You with me? Good, just the two of you then. Okay, in other words, uh, who we are when we gather in the various ways and times throughout our, our week uh, and our time together and what is going on inside us that is shaping us into the likeness of Jesus as 
that community and through that community. Now, I know that I'm not speaking into a void here. I know that I'm not speaking into a void. You already have a formed or, or you know, maybe a beginning, a formation of idea of what community is and what a, an idea of formation is as a follower of Jesus, if you are one. I want to speak particularly to those who are new now, like I've already done. Welcome. Welcome to this community. If you feel new, welcome. If you feel like you've been attending for a while and you still feel new, welcome. Be mindful, those of us who have been around a while, that there are new people, hopefully, as a sign of life, always around us, coming and flowing through this place. What a sign of life that is. And I also want to speak specifically to those who are feeling raw from this community. Because that will also be true. There will be people sat next to us and amongst us that are feeling raw from this community. Right from creation, God's greatest desire has been togetherness, community. Before creation, he held that in the perfect uh, image of the Trinity together. And God's people with each other and with him now through creation. And out of God's own community, the Trinity, God reaches and desires to graciously share that community with others. And the picture that Joy beautifully read to us in Acts is such a powerful picture of community, isn't it? A community devoted to each other, it says. Devoted to the way of Jesus. And it sounds a bit like a perfect church family, really, doesn't it? They ate together, they had time together, they... They sold what they had and brought it so that everyone could share. Together at home, together out and about, eating, praying, freely sharing, caring for one another. And while the Bible doesn't talk much about a nuclear family, as we might understand it, it has a lot to say about God's family, the family of believers. It's God's family that's being described here in, in, that, in that chapter, in, in that scripture in Acts. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ here today, you are part of God's family gathered here and through the expression of All Saints Worcester. And in this short passage, we see so many blessings that come to those believers acting as the family, as that they, that they were in God's family together. A, a couple of them, there are, there are more than this, but a couple of them. Number one, joy. It overflowed from them, this sense of joy. The community of believers ate together with glad hearts. And I'm not surprised to, be, to know and to be known across a dinner table. That's a special place, isn't it? To know and be known. To gather at a table and share what you have with others. To have your needs provided for and to share in the common purpose of meeting others' needs as you pursue the Jesus way, to be held in the security of belonging to something bigger than yourself that overflows then in joyful thanks. The second thing that we see is a, a sense of formation. People committed to practicing the way of Jesus together, spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting, reading scripture together, generous, generous giving, um, serving one another in uh, serving one another in their homes, but also in their communities outside, meeting and eating together. And as they pressed into those things, they saw God, by his spirit, do a powerful work among them, forming them into the image of Christ, including daily bringing new people into his kingdom and amongst their community. 
They had favor in the eyes of those around them because of the attractiveness of their togetherness. They were living what the Bible describes as fruitful lives. And in the Bible, this fruit adorns our lives as we are formed into the likeness of Jesus Christ, as we trust in him, as we're led by his spirit, as we follow him, even though it's hard, as we walk as he walked and do as he did. And God has designed Christian community, his family, as the primary place of Christian growth, our formation as his followers. Dallas Willard, the pastor and author who spent a lot of time thinking about spiritual formation, says this, spiritual formation in the tradition of Jesus Christ is the process of transformation of the inmost dimension of the human being, the heart. It's a transformation of the heart, which is the same as the spirit or the will. It is being formed, and really that means transformed, in such a way that its natural expression comes to be the deeds of Christ done in the power of Christ. The deeds of Christ done in the power of Christ. That's the the, the way in which it works itself out. Formation is supposed to change and transform us, to be more like Jesus, as I've already said. By the power of Christ in us, by his spirit, to have an overflow to do the things that Jesus did. Our society around us, I hazard a guess, and maybe you can, we can chat about this afterwards, says that we can form our character by changing our circumstances. And I think we buy into this, even as followers and as church. And we're always tinkering with our lives to fine-tune our circumstances to make them best for us, thinking that reordering them will somehow form us into the, the, the ideal, the person that we want to be. I'll be more balanced when things change at work. I'll be more content when I finish this diet. I'll be more settled when I get married. I'll be more patient when I have more margin and space in my life. I'll be more disciplined when I've reorganized my office and my study. I'll be happier when dot, dot, dot. We try to form our character by running from circumstances that we think are hampering us, whereas Jesus says our character is formed by abiding, staying, remaining in him with Jesus in the community of Jesus and the fruit of the spirit that we read about in Galatians the evidence that that we're working with God and God is working in us to allow his spirit to change and transform us is not grown in a vacuum it's not not grown without without being tested out it's grown in community the rubber hits the road in community have you have you felt that Have you felt that rubber hitting that road? We grow patient by remaining near people who require patience from me. We grow goodness by remaining near people who upset us, but we don't immediately write them off. We grow self-control in places where we're tempted to outbursts of gossip or anger. Kindness, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, all grown as we live out our lives with others in close proximity. And what fruit is listed first? Love. We grow in love in a community where I can be loved and extend love to others. Our church family gives us opportunity to grow and also the encouragement, belonging, grace, strength and wisdom to do that. Growing, though, uncomfortable, isn't it? 
You get growing pains as you physically grow. Why would it be any different as we spiritually grow? We get tired, we get achy from these growing pains. It can be hard going, it has ups, it has downs. But we can't do that alone. We can't do it alone. Friends, if you take anything from this morning, it's this catchy, pithy little phrase that I came up with in the week, which I think is gold, and you can tell me whether it's rubbish. Okay? We're not solo saints. What are we? All saints. You like it? Yeah. We're going to get merch with that branding on it. Um, We're not solo saints. We're all saints. Yeah. Let's move along from it. it, I know now it's laughing out of pity. It's fine. Um, Spiritual growth and ultimately growth can only happen in community, in relationships. And God gives us a particular community in which to do that. His family, his church, the body of believers. Such an incredible gift, friends. God has given all we need for spiritual growth here in this room. Word, spirit, each other. But to experience the joy and formation that God intended us, to, intended for us to find in church family, it comes at a cost. It comes with limitations. Community comes with a cost. Community comes with limitations. In Acts 2, we glimpse some of these costs and limitations. There wasn't much time left to go to other places. Um, Their stuff and their money wasn't their own. They didn't get to choose who God was adding to their community. Not those gods, not those people. Those people are nice. Let's have those. No, 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 you don't get to choose. And in the short time I've been around All Saints, I've seen this in action. People willing to count the cost and lay themselves down for the sake of others, for the sake of including others, for for the sake of giving away generously from the shopping dropped at the door, from the kids picked up from group or from school, to to the people that look after those who are feeling uh, down and, 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 and outcast, to a simple invite to dinner offered to cheer someone up, the decision to drag themselves out to a home group, a life group when they didn't feel like it, but they knew that their friends did in that life group. Our society around us is profoundly individualistic and it's seeking to draw us that way all the time. We are encouraged to pick and choose things that bring me comfort, me convenience. We're encouraged to look for things that meet my need, pursue my needs and my, uh, my desires. And the irony is that as a society, we're finding that this individualism leads to more loneliness, worse mental health and less spiritual formation. We're neglecting a huge part of who we are created to be because it pulls us away from fully committing and immersing ourselves into any community. We're encouraged to invest in as far as it meets my needs and no further. As long as it doesn't require me to to alter my life too much, I'm in. As soon as it becomes a place where my perceived outcome is less than my input, we pull away because I'm not going to get anything out of it. We do a cost-benefit analysis and decide that it's not benefiting me enough, so I I walk away. Community has always included individual sacrifice for the greater good, but now our participation in community is based on the service that it can provide for me. What a shift, what a change. G.K. Chesterton, a famous theologian author from the last century or previous centuries of that, uh, said that following Jesus was like having two walls. 
that um, we willingly live in between. To follow Jesus is to willingly live between walls that place limitations on my time, my money, my worldly successes, my other relationships even, as I offer my all to my family of brothers and sisters in Christ. The question is, are these walls freeing us or imprisoning us? Are they walls of a prison or a playground? G.K. Chesterton, again, imagine God's kingdom as children playing on a beautiful grass expanse right next to a cliff edge that drops straight into the sea. And Chesterton imagined that a wall being next to the cliff so that God's children can play in abandon, they can run freely, they can enjoy one another, enjoy him, making the church the rowdiest and noisiest and messiest kind of nursery. Now, if these walls were knocked down in some ways, there would be more freedom, wouldn't there? You could go further. But there's a lot more danger. Instead of watching and running freely, we'd have to watch our every step. Monitor the move so you don't go too near the edge. Just to make sure we stay safe. But God's walls, the limitations, they're both limiting and freeing. And one such wall is the wall of relationships, the wall of community, the wall of family. And it's a wall because every deep relationship places limits on us. Here's one example of what I mean of that in practice here at All Saints, life groups. Now, I would say this because it's, it's under my remit as associate vicar. I have to look after uh, life groups. I want to look after life groups. I want to make sure that everyone here is plugged into a smaller community. Belonging to a life group limits your autonomy and your freedom because they require you to commit a couple of hours out of your week on an evening as a minimum. That's the minimum. On that evening, I'm not free to just veg out and watch Netflix with a takeaway. I'm not free to go to bed early. I'm not free to go out for drinks with my work colleagues. Um, and they re, uh, as they require us to commit to journeying the ups and downs of life with those we might not naturally click with. <laughs> Awkward. They require us to support others through the highs, and, uh, highs of life and the long periods of grief or depression. These are the walls. Commitment. It's the place where I can really start to belong, to know people more deeply and, and be known, where people will pray for me consistently as I take on responsibility of praying for them. It's a place where we love and sometimes we lose people. And we grieve together in that place because together we love them. But now they're not here. It's the place where the thoughts from Sunday worship and sermons get worked down into our bones and where we process together what it is to live for Jesus in our workplaces and in our home life. It's a place for formation because it's a place of commitment to each other and together to Jesus. Life groups are a playground, not a prison. Yes, they're limiting and costly in some ways, but they're also wonderfully life-giving groups and they are formational and I've seen that recently with a cluster of life groups from here that took themselves out they organized themselves and they took themselves away for a retreat day together intentionally putting aside time to a day to pray to study to think to eat together and enjoy one another and enjoy Christ in their midst if we throw ourselves into family here it will limit us Because being family demands time 
emotional energy, sharing, vulnerability, inconvenience. One of the hardest things about the walls of committing to this community, your church family, more than just turning up on a Sunday, is that we don't get to choose the people here. Did you know that? You don't get to choose who, you, who, who comes. I don't get to choose. Don't write out a, an invitation list and say, only you, not them. God gets to choose who comes into this community. And let's be honest, if I chose and you chose, it would be different, wouldn't it? We might not choose to include the person who pushes my patience button because of their, talk, their talkativeness grates on me. The person who seemingly thoughtless comments that they just throw out there towards you always seem to cut the deepest. The person whose parenting choices are so hard for you to understand and for them to understand yours. But God chooses to form us in this mixed and messy community, drawing closer to each other and to him, despite our differences, despite our outward appearances, as we open up and encourage others to do the same. When we stay and remain and abide with Jesus, with each other, as we follow him, we reap rewards. We reap rewards. It's gritty and raw and hard sometimes. It means becoming vulnerable. It means having difficult conversations. It means laying aside my preferences because Jesus laid aside his preferences for me. So I can follow him in that. So are there reasons to stop going to a life group? Yes, sometimes there are. Are there reasons to limit your involvement in this community by just turning up on a Sunday? Yes, of course, there's lots of reasons we could give. Are there reasons not to let anyone into and pray into what's really going on for you at the moment? Yes, there's loads of reasons. But running away from those things can be so detrimental to our formation and our growth as a believer and a follower of Jesus. So family, my plea, my ask is where you can, where you can, hear that word, hear those words, please don't let ill health, wayward children, addictions, relationship breakdowns, depression, stress, boredom, disengagement, disagreements, and all the other things keep you from the gift of community that God intends for your good and for our good together. Without you here, somebody else misses out. We need you and you need us. And together God is forming us and wants to form us more. So we tread gently with each other. We err on the side of grace. Don't forget, everyone's got a backstage, haven't they? They might present this, but something else is going on behind. We love each other well with kindness and we try to think the best of each other. Don't, or your default shouldn't be, they're against me. Your default is, they're for me until, they, until I'm proven, it's proven otherwise. And even then, ask questions because you don't know what's going on in their backstage. Caveat though, there are times, not often, when relationships take an ugly turn, aren't there? Where something happens or someone happens, <laughs> that means we really need to take care of ourselves. And as I've said before, time out isn't the same as time up. Chat to your life group leader or one of the team, if that's you. So what might this look, look like in All Saints? Let's put, it, put some flesh on it. We aren't the first century church in Acts. We're a 21st century church, aren't we? Made up of people spread across the city of Worcester and beyond. 
So we take the principles and we play them out in the here and now. Two, two start points to growing community and growing in our formation together. Number one, Sunday gatherings. If you are struggling, try and press in to Sunday gatherings. Don't withdraw from them. And for the rest of us that aren't struggling with Sunday gatherings, remember that there are people walking through the doors who are literally on their knees from their week. We need to give them all the love and encouragement we can. Sunday gatherings cannot and will not fulfill all of our community needs individually or corporately. They won't. They're not, they can't. But they're important and they're a part of our community life. Is Sunday, the Sunday gathering everything, fulfilling everything you'd ever dreamed of and hoped for? No. It won't. It's great. Sunday gatherings are great, but it, it can't fulfill everything that you hope for because we place a burden on the Sunday gathering that it just can't bear. For some, we're walking in and it's a God fix. I just need enough just to get through the week and then I'll be back. For some, the gatherings are me time. So we come along but hold ourselves back from others because we think there'll be yet another drain on my resources and my time and energy. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the pastor theologian who ultimately lost his life at the hands of the Nazi regime, warned against this trap that we might fall into when we think about community in an unhealthy way. In his book, Life Together, he says this, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. So, folks, let's love one another and enjoy community for what it is rather than lamenting what we wish it would be. So, I need to come into land. An encouragement. Belong to a life group. Join one, rejoin one, recommit to the one you're already in. Have a little recommitment ceremony as a group. At All Saints, because of the size that we are, and this isn't the whole of All Saints, don't forget, the Sunday gathering is not the whole of the people gathered. There are people who aren't here in the building. There are people joining us online. There are people who meet midweek. With all the structural complexities that that, that brings, life groups are the, are the dedicated primary way for pastoral place, for pastoral care and ongoing spiritual formation. We can't meet that need in the here and now on a Sunday. We just can't. It's too complex. There's too many. But in the life groups, we can. We can be known and be loved and be cared for. And if you are in one and it's something less than amazing than what you thought it would be, welcome to community. Because you know what? You're in it. And I'm in one. And, and the person next to you, we're, we're not going to be perfect. But welcome to family. If there are barriers to you joining one, like childcare, let's talk and find a way. Don't give up. And then my second encouragement, friends, is to find ways to spend ordinary time with your brothers and sisters here. Messy time. Honest time. Don't wait till the house is tidy. Don't wait till you've got time to cook. Don't wait if you're feeling tearful. Press in. The staff team are really seeking ways to find ways to facilitate times of meeting and eating together as a whole. But that mustn't stop us doing the smaller, more day-to-day gatherings in our homes and out and about. Why not make the first move today 
just like God made the first move towards you and invites someone. I don't want you to see my messy home. I don't want you to see my kids' tantrums, my tantrums. I don't want you to see the unkempt garden. But on the other hand, I do want you to see that stuff because we're made to be known and to know each other well, to support and be supported, to challenge and be challenged, to cry and laugh together, to do the boring and the special, to do it when we want to and when we don't want to, and with those that we find easy and life-giving and those that actually we find a little bit harder. They are our brothers and sisters. Community will cost you and limit you but it will form you. Which community are you choosing? God wants to meet us and remake us right here as part of this messy church family of all saints. Imperfect people with imperfect leaders in imperfect circumstances. It's not our new vision statement, don't worry. But imperfect so that we might be transformed to be like Jesus and to reach out beyond ourselves, just like Jesus did, to the city and the community that he, he he loves and he cares for. Friends, when we come to communion, I want us to have a few things in mind. If you love this family and want to love it more, come and pray. Pray with the person next to you. Come and be prayed for. Come and be, just find someone to pray. If you don't know this family yet very well and you're scared of trusting this family because they don't know who you are, Come and pray. Come and be prayed for. If you used to feel part of this family but, and belong here, but you don't really feel it anymore, you long to know your family again, come and pray. And for those who have been hurt by this community, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray with you.